Hi, welcome to Ohio. Ohio's He's going to have to do it because I keep playing. Saying welcome to about. Ohio's very own where we can't get anything Ohio's right. <laughs> it was great what I did. You all know you loved it. Is he oh. talking to us or... I'm talking, <laughs> talking to the I'm talking to the microphones because the microphones seem to be my only friends here that agree that I had a great introduction. Okay. Ohio's. John, why, why don't you great. go ahead and introduce the podcast? All right. Um, Ohio's very sure. Welcome to Ohio's very own with uh, me, John, and uh, who are you? I'm Dustin. Wow, okay, Dustin. And uh, what do we have today? Like, I think we, we should first introduce our producer, Matt. I don't think we should. Okay, that's fine, too. We're not going to introduce him. Okay. This is our very first episode, and we just want to welcome anyone that's listening. Um, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Russian hackers. <laughs> Um, and that random phone ding. So welcome, <laughs> welcome. You're loved, very loved. Um, and grandma, I know if you had uh, a smartphone, you'd be listening too. Thanks. Everyone's grandma would be listening. It's awesome. So uh, just to give you a little bit of an intro to what we're uh, trying to do here, we are trying to uh, really just talk to each other about three things that we have in common that we like, and that's politics, theology. And general geek things, um, including but not limited to comics, Star Wars. That's about it. Star Wars. More Star Wars. Yeah. I've got a very limited selection here. Like anything Star Wars, I just, I got it. So I'll be talking about comics, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and John's got Star Wars. Yes. I'm making eye contact with Matt because... He's there, and it's it's real good. So, like ninety percent of your potential viewers just shut off the podcast. <laughs> yes, you were like Star Trek. It's over, man. It's, it's actually fine. super true. Like we've just opened up the greatest fault line of all, like geekdom and nerddom. When I first started telling people what we'd be talking about on the podcast, I would tell them we have a very specific niche uh, for our. Um, target demographic so it's like the two of us and dr stevenson yeah and like eight guys who probably still have am radios so like this is not reaching them <laughs> right yeah when you... and our friends who feel sorry for us you right you right yeah oh man all right so um why don't we get started with the uh our first segment So, North Korea and Donald Trump are in the news about threats of nuclear war and going back and forth about whose nuclear bomb is bigger. Yeah, this is this is awesome. That there's so many other things we could tell North Korea, but man, we are arguing about the size of a nuclear weapon. Like, I was making a sexual innuendo, John. I understand that, okay. but like, I feel like is it bad that I feel like that's where we've gotten? 
where like I'm waiting for them to either epic rap battle or like talk epic about how rap battle of history. I know, like I'm waiting for it to happen. Control. Nothing, Process. nothing would shock me anymore. Donald. Okay, I'm done. Begin. Like, I don't know. Have you seen the interview? Yeah, I have seen the interview. Awesome. Like, I can't remember if I saw it on YouTube. It's on Netflix. It, this was before it was on Netflix. Oh man, it, it was a film. I wasn't gonna watch it until Sony pulled it from theaters. So yeah. And I feel Thanks, like North Korea. maybe they were like plotting. They were, you know, like someone emailed someone and was like, hey, because like it's a weird film. It's more of a James Franco, Seth Rogen, you know, like it's more of an offensive thing for them because like they were sticking capsules up their butts, you know, like I feel like that would be more of a thing to be concerned about than, wow, this guy that doesn't look at all like Kim Jong-un, we assassinated him and you're like. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Um, but I tweeted the other day that the color coming inside, the color of the light coming inside my bedroom window changed colors as I was waking up. And my first thought of the day was, there it is, nuclear war. Thanks, Trump. I, I really, in my morning haze, thought... Thanks, Obama. <laughs> in my morning haze, I Got thought him. nuclear war had started. Oh, so... Man. But that's that's the kind of world we're living in, where uh, that's my first thought of the day, and it's totally realistic. Yeah, and that's disappointing. It's super disappointing. It's disappointing. Yeah, like, I don't know what to say about a group of people who have already just proven how crazy they are. You know, like... Are you talking about North Korea or the Trump administration? Why can't it be both? <laughs> I don't know why can't why it can't be both because like they're both just insane. I think Putin views them so, uh, similarly. Man, Putin. Um, Theresa How did you May. say Putin? Putin. 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 Vladimir. Vladimir. Did someone say Putin? Man, I'm down for some Putin right now. Um, but no, like in all honesty, like Theresa May, um, who's the new uh, president of France. Man, I used to know Francois. Macron. Macron? Yeah. And like Putin and Merkel, like they're all sitting there and they're like, this is awesome. Emmanuel Macron. Okay. Emmanuel. Like, they're all just like, this is great. And Justin Trudeau is like, wow, no one has to focus on me right now. Like, he's like, man, I am beautiful, but. She is beautiful. Dang, we have some alternate visions. You know, like, Canada's getting ready for, you know, like. It, it's just funny to me that like they're all they all have to be like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened um but yeah like I don't know like what's our strategy here do you just be more insane you know because no. I feel like that's where they're sitting they're like if this is insane. an insane off between Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump I'm moving to Mars you right I don't want to be Switzerland And that's our sponsor, Toilets. Thank you, Toilets. For when you need to flush things, remember, when it's yellow, let it mellow. When it's brown, well, you know what to do there. Flush it down? Toilets. So just so you at home are all aware, we're recording in a uh, dorm room on the campus of Rochester College. Um, so you might hear things like chairs creaking and toilets flushing 
and freshmen being rowdy. <laughs> to be clear, all of those are Dustin's fault. <laughs> like, let's let's be clear. Why, why are they my fault? You're just masking the squeaky chair. Like, I love it how you were like, oh, a toilet, freshman... <laughs> stuff moving around and the squeaky chair like that's all you like i don't like no one is sitting in a room like oh let me squeak my chair for dustin like okay you're right <laughs> my chair squeaks oh man yep rochester college if anyone can uh, get us some new chairs we would be indebted forever not actually like i mean that we're already in debt forever yeah no 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 that, that's legit um so um Speaking of children and wanting to go to college and uh, children in general, um, yeah. how about that DACA or DACA? Yeah, DACA, man. Tell yeah. us about DACA, John. I mean, it's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. I mean, it was passed, man, it's been passed a while ago. Um, but if I'm reading CNN correctly, it is a program that had protected nearly 800,000 young undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children from deportation. Do you just quote CNN? Yeah, I did. I don't have James Earl Jones' voice, and I, I apologize. Um, this is sort of a weird thing because I think this was smart for Trump. Can I say that was intelligent on his part? Getting rid of DACA? I'm sorry, what, John? No, it's intelligent, and let me tell you why. Because what he's doing is he got rid of a program that like, all the people that voted for him that were like, build the wall, they all hate this program. But what he actually said to Congress was like, you can save it. So he's listening to his constituents and trying to give it... I think I follow you. Yeah. I wouldn't call him intelligent, though. No, 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 no. Not him. Like, his campaign was like, here's what you do. You go after DACA. You get rid of it. But then you're like, okay, Congress, you save it. Because, like, then he, he has his cake. He can have his cake and eat it, too. Okay, I, I think I follow you. Yeah. It's like uh, Batman is interrogating a bad guy on the roof of a building. Uh, bad guy doesn't think he's being serious, so Batman drops him, knowing that Superman will catch the bad guy. Exactly. <laughs> now, whether Congress can actually do that, I don't know. Because, like, nobody seems to agree on anything, but, like, I feel like if you have enough moderate Republicans in either house, you can pass something. I feel like Trump has fostered enough hate among other Republicans that even the non-moderate Republicans will save it just off of spite. They can't hear you nod your head. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, this DACA... Yeah, DACA is just more complex than that simply gives it. However... What they want is they want a congressional solution, which is fine. It's just, I think Trump tried to have his cake and eat it too here. And it may actually work on this one. Like, I mean, he's had his cake and, and he's been able to eat it too with his with the constituency that is insane. But like, I think this time there may be some legitimate like, okay, that that was kind of smart. And it's not him. Like, he's not sitting in a room and he's like, get rid of DACA and have the Republicans save it. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not him. It's his staffers. Or I'm sure probably Mitch McConnell was like, hey. His staffers, the people that are really running the White House. I mean, I would go with Bo. 
the Obama's dog is probably still running the White House somewhere. You, you, like, so many insane things have happened that I'm like, yeah. One day, well, doing something that the Obamas would do because they're not normal people, so I don't know. Like, Michelle's not cleaning the kitchen. But, uh, hey, Barry, have you seen the dog? Michelle, no, I haven't. Have you? So, yeah, the dog's still at the White House running things. You just wanted to say that so you could do your very impression. Was it even like, I, I didn't think I did it that well. I think your Trump impression's better. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, come on. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, Obama residence. Michelle, this is Dustin. This is not Dustin. This is <laughs> Michelle, this is, this is Donald. Oh, hi, Donald. I found your dog. He's been in the basement of the White House the entire time. I didn't know it, but he's been telling me what to do through an earpiece. So. <laughs> no, that, that actually probably described the phone conversation so much more. Tell Barack to come pick it up, okay? <laughs> yep, no. No, no, no. That, that works perfectly. That's probably exactly no. Like I can see that phone conversation. Is that awful that I'm like that? That's a phone conversation that can't it's probably happen. a conversation that's happened. Yep. All right. So uh, DACA deportation of children might happen. That really sucks. Speaking of children from Mexico. Speaking of children from Mexico, how about Houston? Wow. I you just did that. I try. I I saw no other segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have been. You like, don't have to have a segue. I could just play music. I want a segue. That was an insane segue. I've been working on segues for the past fifteen minutes. That was a um, that was a one out of ten stars, um, and you definitely did not make it to the qualifying round. You had, John, you want me to go look in the hall for uh, another co-host? Yeah, no, no. I I, I need that. He's actually getting up. He's walking through the door. He opened the door. Hey, see what Angel's doing. Actually, Angel would be hilarious. <laughs> no luck. All right. Well, I guess we're stuck with you. So, so as you, I, I hate laughing about uh, my segue when and then talking about uh, the most serious thing. Yes, uh, Houston and the horrible flooding that's going on there. Um, and things like that. But we're not talking about sending relief to Houston or donating time or money for Houston or praying for Houston. We're talking about Joel Osteen. Not helping Houston in any way, shape, or form. Or so um, conflicting reports have said. So uh, if you're unaware, uh, Joel Osteen is a pastor... I, I could almost see you struggle whether those words were going to come out. They were struggling. Yep. Uh, he's a man in charge at a mega church in the Houston area. Uh, it is a the biggest congregation in America, if not one of the biggest. Did it pass Saddleback? Hey, producer, can you Google that? Yep, I'm on it. So anyway, that's what you're here for. We're here to uh, maybe say things that are accurate, and you're here to be like, no, that's not right. But yeah. So anyway, um, huge building, uh, arena-sized. You could play um, the NBA Finals in it. 
Um, and when somebody, the government or someone, came and knocking, asking if people could uh, stay in this building to escape floodwaters, Joel reportedly said, uh, no, they can't. Um, later, his people said, well, no, they can't because we can't access the building because there's flooded, there's floods around it, the waters come inside, things like that. Um, but other people have said that's not true. Um, I saw some, one picture uh, somebody posted, say, uh, or it was uh, a picture of quote-unquote floodwaters, and it was a baptistry. Ow. That, that's actually painful. I don't know if it was someone being serious or not, but... Yeah. Well, and, and it, it's difficult. I'm more interested to see what happens to that congregation. You know, like, I'm interested to see how the community responds. Because the, if the community is like, look, we don't really care. Like, I have a little bit of sympathy for him if his lawyers were like, wow, that's that's a ton of lawsuits. Yeah, like, I have more sympathy, but like, if he was just like, nah. So, mm. yes, Matt. So, I, I, the top thing in Google when I said largest congregation in America, uh, it was like a th- census from 2008. Okay. Uh, it said Joel was number one. Saddleback was eight. Saddleback was eight. eight. Who is number this was, two? This was, this was 2008. I don't know. Um, Who's taking silver and bronze there? So, um, so this one That's is from 2015, and it says Saddleback is number one. And it's Lakewood. Yes, and okay. Lakewood, Lake. which is uh, uh, Jolie's church, um, is number three. So I'm, I'm looking for a, uh, a, a later one. I'll keep you posted on that one. Uh, but regardless, uh, his church is... Over to you, Dustin. Thanks, Matt. Uh, regardless, his church is somewhere in the top ten. Okay. Yeah, I just... I... So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Let's say the church was flooded. Okay. And there was floodwaters around it, and you couldn't get in. They had church Sunday. That blows my mind. There are uh, people working on much smaller projects, still trying to get their houses um, livable. Not pretty, just livable. Cutting out drywall that was affected by floodwaters, tearing up carpet, um, drying it out, things like that. If the floodwaters have receded out of their house. Uh, And Joel, who has a very large building, and his people have got it up and running for church again. It's impressive. So I, I've, I've gone to Wikipedia uh, because teachers say a lot about Wikipedia. I trust Wikipedia. I really do. Wikipedia itself is an incredible source, but it uses credible sources. Yeah. So this one is actually worldwide. And okay. it says that the larger, largest congregation worldwide is in Seoul, South Korea. And it, it's yeah. the Yo- Yoido Full Gospel Church, which is a Pentecostal. Um, I prefer a half gospel church. <laughs> half gospel. Wow. So just Matthew and Mark, or no, no, we're definitely <laughs> taking Luke and John there. Yeah. Like, man, if you want two gospels that like John is just unique, and then Luke is like beautiful. <laughs> I'm more of a John guy. Like, I gotta be a John guy. I like my gospel Jewish. So Matthew, 
It's like your coffee black, your gospel Jewish. <laughs> so so this uh, this gospel church has two hundred thousand attendees. Uh, Lakewood Church, uh, which is I think that's Joel's yeah Joel's church, fifty two thousand. Non denominational Christianity, which kind of sketch um <laughs> there's like, nothing sketchy about non-denominational churches there's that, something sketchy about it when they're like we're non-denominational we don't have a heritage and you're like you may not have a physical heritage but you definitely have a faith heritage like i'm with you on that where it's yeah. like non-denominationalism is sort of an oxymoron yes would this church's faith heritage be money <laughs> no like like there's there's like You've come from somewhere. You have some sort of influence. So you're either a, a, a Baptist influence non-denom or you're a Pentecostal influence non-denom. I think that's what I'm getting at. That's what I mean. But I, I appreciate your I joke. I you. Hmm? I appreciate your joke. Thanks. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Saddleback's not even in the Saddleback's top, top 16. So. Man. What happened to Rick Warren? And then there was another controversy uh, involving yeah. this congregation where Joel... Um, there were many people in attendance Sunday for worship and the sermon um, that were affected directly by the hurricane and the flooding, of course. And people on the internet were frustrated because the church took up collection during service, uh, asking for money from these people affected by the floods. I'm of two minds on this one. I assume that's what's normal for that congregation, as it is for a lot of congregations across the country, and assumably the world, to take up a collection. Um, but also, you got to know your audience. Uh, so uh, I might have a little bit of sympathy for Joel on this one. What do you think? Like you, I'm of two minds. Um, I think sometimes... Especially when things that are traumatic happen. I think people just want to return to what's normal and familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see how much they actually collected. Because it may have just been something therapeutic about doing the same old, same old. You know, Because their lives are turned upside down. Um, now I think you and I are kind of theologically on the same page where we would say, maybe that's time to say things have been turned upside down, let me offer you something God has to say. It doesn't help that uh, Joel has the reputation of preaching the prosperity gospel and asking for money. And and, and that's the rub. And I, I, I can see both sides, but I think congregations are confusing. Churches are confusing. Like, if we don't acknowledge that we're... Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> congregations are confusing. Churches are confusing. Like, um, but... I think the moment we go, how can you do that? We've definitely done the same exact thing. Mm. You know, like um, this summer when I when I interned, um, a guy who I respect a lot got up and he was a guest preacher and they had had a guy die real suddenly, like the night or like two nights ago, like before that. And he said, if I can say something bold, he's like, I'm not going to use the guy's name. And he's like, Steve's fine. And I was like, oh, I would not have said that. Steve's doing good. But people, but everyone in that crowd was like, yeah, you're right. Because to them, that was something that was like, wow, we needed that. We needed that 
we're okay. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think if, if, you know, prosperity gospel, you know, I, I don't know. I just have a super issue with the, with the way it runs. But if that's what's going to make people feel better, and if that's what's going to make people really feel like God is listening to them and hearing them, who am I to say that that's wrong? Um, I wouldn't do it. You know, that would be me personally. I wouldn't do it. But if that's what their congregation thinks is going to go best and what they want because they feel like in God they can find that giving money to people in spite of not having anything is the greatest act that they can do, then I'm cool with it. So enough defending Joel. Uh, we weren't there. We don't know what was said. He might have said uh, something really douchebaggy. Uh, despite all this pain and all this suffering, you still got to give to God, so give me your money. True. Um, or he could have gone about it in a much more sensitive way. He might have said something about maintaining maintaining a sense of normalcy or something like that. Yep. Which but, I... Which I think is so much better than our next story. You're right. Go ahead, John. I mean, okay. For, for those of you that don't know, because I haven't heard much about it until I went digging for it. Um, a group of... Well, okay, they're calling themselves a coalition. A coalition of conservative evangelical leaders. I'm reading from the USA Today article by um, Holly Meyer. It says a coalition of conservative evangelical leaders laid out their beliefs on human sexuality, including opposition to same-sex marriage and fluid gender identity in a new doctrinal statement. Um, They're calling it the Nashville Statement, and they say it's their response to a post-Christian Western culture that thinks it can change God's desire for humans. Number one, shout out to USA Today. But man... Are they are they targeting us? Are we those that think we can change? Oh, like go honestly, no. But like go go read like the Christian Post. Like like go read any major like website that is either conservative or tends to lean conservative, and you'll see some editorials that I'm like, wow, ooh, don't say that. Um, for example, so can you? Yeah. Yeah. Can you go into a little bit more depth about what the Nashville Statement is uh, yeah. stating? I mean, I don't know. Without how, reading each article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how best to say it than how they have said it, which is homosexual, homosexuality is sinful and wrong, and anyone who thinks that there's any space to talk about that is wrong. And it was my understanding that even straight people that don't think it's a sin are sinning by thinking that. Yeah. Um, let me see. There's an article. Which article? Um, hold on. That's the, like Westboro Baptist core value right there. Yeah. You're not you're wrong. An, you're an enabler. That's what they say. Yep. Oh my gosh. Are we, are we living in a time where mainstream Christianity has more in line with uh, Westboro Baptist Church than than uh, they used to. Ah, here it is. Article 10. Yes. 
We affirm that it is sinful to approve of homosexual immorality or transgenderism and that such approval constitutes an essential departure from Christian faithfulness and witness. We deny that the approval of homosexual immorality or transgenderism is a matter of moral indifference about which otherwise faithful Christians should agree to disagree. They are firing a shot that I'm not entirely sure this group realizes they're firing. Hmm. Because they definitely alienated members of their own congregation. So, I'm going to say this about yeah. it. And this is really my only, only my only big thought. Yeah. In a time where our country is and our world is very divided and only becoming more divided, it is our job as the church to reconcile those divisions, to bring one another together, uh, both for the good of the kingdom and good for them in general. Um, it, it's the church's job to do that, and this is only... Sorry, Matt. This is uh, only dividing people more. Let's bring people together and then worry about morals of who you're sleeping with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, regardless of how you think or what you think on the topic, um, it's not harming you at all who someone is sleeping with or isn't sleeping with. So let's, or marrying... Uh, so let's just work on uh, loving people, showing people God's love, and being, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? People that reconcile. Yeah. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm only going to argue from this perspective because I think there's a reason why they would say that's not true. And it's because they have a, I think evangelical leaders have a very particular interpretation of how you read the prophets, which is if we do good things, God will bless us. And if we do bad things, God will hurt us. And, and that's definitely in the prophets. Like, don't hear me not say that. But the prophets had a lot of beef with people about a lot of things that weren't just like, well, gay people. You know, like, I mean, Amos, if you want to talk about bad things that we're doing, I mean, Amos comes after the oppression of the poor. Like, do we do a good job with that? Here's the honest to goodness problem with it is that their hermeneutic is like, they literally think that the United States is Israel. Which is a really bad interpretation. But it's Isn't an the United States God's mean? chosen people? What do you mean? I, I don't comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a super bad interpretation. Um, I actually, so the Christian Post article, I went up and looked from Michael Brown. Um, and, like, I encourage everybody to read the different parts of this whole thing because, like, you don't have to agree with us. Um, he um, he sort of comes after, so this is a counterstatement offered by um, what was called the Nazareth Statement. Um, that, uh, And they say this. Our wide spectrum of unique sexualities and gender identities is a perfect reflection of the magnitude of God's creative work. Mm. Um, God intended human romantic relationships to be um, not to be one man and one woman. Sorry, he's paraphrasing and like I'm trying to sort of unparaphrase his paraphrase. Um, and then he says that it is unhealthy to force individuals to embrace a gender identity that matches cultural assumptions based on their biology. Um, and then he also says that one cannot judge Christian orthodoxy based on views about homosexuality, but that um, 
But that is not Christ-like to hold traditional Christian teaching on homosexuality or to refuse to openly dialogue with LGBTQ plus people. Man, I like the Nazareth statement. Can if you? That's how he's describing it. Can you send me that uh, article sometime? Yeah, no, I'll send it to you. Cool. And and then this guy comes after and he's like, talk about turning the Bible upside down. I, my problem is, man, am I the only one that feels like? It just it, it feels like what evangelicals want to lead with is you're wrong, but we accept you anyway. And I'm okay with that, but they seem to not get past the you're wrong part. You know, and, and I honestly I think Jesus gets past the the you're wrong part. Yeah. You know, like like you look at you know the woman caught in adultery. Jesus definitely engages something that's wrong, but he gets past it. John and I are going to say some things sometimes that those listening may not uh, agree with, and uh, you don't need to tell us. We know. We know you don't agree with us. Um, So uh, unless you want to engage with us in a constructive, loving uh, conversation. Uh, don't at me. Don't at John. Man, I, I, I don't even know if I have to have a loving engagement. I just need someone to be honest about where they're at. Which is, I, I have to say that it's a sin and call it that. I mean, that, that's that's it. fine too. But also, don't come swinging at us. Man, you can come swinging at me all the I, time. Okay, well, go swinging at John. Tell him he's wrong. Man, uh, just leave me alone. There's a resurrection in the end. You know, like, like, I don't know, like, like, what do you want me to say? Your your hateful internet comments have somehow damaged me. You know, like, like I don't know. Um, I agree with you. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to deal with it. I I would love not to either. Yeah, I would. I would honestly love not to either. But like, it's not because the comments are hateful. It's because nobody actually really wants to talk about it, hmm. and everybody really wants to say, well, it says this. And it's done. And you're like, man, that is a terrible, terrible, terrible way to interpret scripture because we have changed the meaning of scripture from, you know, from the first century onward. Like, we haven't changed the words. We've just changed how we interpret it. Um, and that's, that's difficult. You know, I, I'm not... Man, the, the Nashville statement breaks my heart because I feel like what... The Nashville statement isn't bringing anyone to a closer relationship with God. If anything, it pushes people away. What's the purpose in signing this document, saying things that people already assume about Christianity in general? Yeah. And it's... What's also tough is it feels like, I think... We, we've sort of let a very small group of people control the discussion. Mm. And I think we need to just be like, look, we're here at your table. You're going to disagree with us and you're going, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. But at the end of the day, we're still going to go back to our congregations. We're still going to worship and we're still going to believe that God has some good news for us, some gospel. Like, you know, like, I don't, like, because I don't think I can function okay with people that are like 
I think you you have an incorrect view of biblical marriage and, and homosexuality. I'm cool with that. I think an evangelical though who would sign this cannot go home in the same way. Like final thoughts on the national statement. You go first. I've already said my piece. I mean, it just feels like what we wind up doing is we wind up looking way more like Pharisees than we want us than we want Um, ourselves to. That's a good point. And I definitely know that there are people who feel this way that love God and love what Jesus is about. I just think I'm tired of. And I'm I, I, I'm really tired of this being the stopping point because I think Jesus doesn't stop anywhere because I think Jesus goes everywhere mm-hmm. and for me that that's a personal thing that's first Corinthians 15 mm-hmm. is the idea that Jesus brings everything under his control mm-hmm. I don't think there's a place that Jesus and the gospel and resurrection doesn't go and so it, it, it's just frustrating it, it's frustrating when you see people that say yeah but they can't go there I hadn't realized how frustrated I was by the national statement until we started talking about it. Yeah. I, like, I, I, when you sent it to me, I read it, and I was like, hmm, that sucks. But then I kind of, I didn't think about it. I didn't, so I went about my business. But now here we are talking about it, and we're talking about how people are so um, alienating towards members of the LGBT plus community, and... It's irritating. Yeah. It's not easy because I am more than willing to admit that both sides have excess sometimes. But man, I am way more comfortable with the message of Jesus being I can go everywhere and change everything than I am with the idea that Jesus can go places that we think he can go and he can only do things that we think he can do. Mm. Um, and if, if you honestly d- disagree with me whole, wholeheartedly and like I said, that's, that's fine. I just think I'm tired of, of telling people, yeah, but Jesus can't go there. Yeah, but Jesus can't go there. Okay, yeah, but Jesus can't go there. Because I think where Christians have really surprised the world is they say, yeah, we can go there too. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- those are my thoughts. Does does Jesus does Jesus go everywhere, or have we just been telling ourselves a lie? Not to distract from the very serious tone of this conversation. No, but you just gave me a wonderful idea for another podcast. Cool. My thoughts with John Hogan. Man. It's his own podcast, just him. He talks for an hour or two about a couple impressions. Couple, couple uh, Churchill impressions. Yeah, uh, and he talks about whatever he wants, and then at the end he says, "And those are my thoughts." Yeah, and we should have a spinoff podcast. We should. We got to get this one off the ground first, so <laughs> you know, people do that for us. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of, I love how all my segues start with speaking of. Uh, speaking, of, that, speaking of speaking of your thoughts, John. Uh, yeah. 
this is the time uh, it has nothing to do with your thoughts, actually. This is the time during our uh, podcast when we bring up the topic of the week, um, whatever that may be, and that's that'll probably be the title of the podcast in future episodes and things like that. Uh, but today, we just want you guys to get to know us a little bit. Can I help you, Matt? What is that? That noise? Yeah. I think it's an airplane. Okay. <laughs> we don't have their, those where I'm from. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have those in Canada? No. Good. So, a giant geese. That you actually, fly. there is a... You fly upon? There's a segue that we can... see bees in the sky? It's actually just Canadians <laughs> hanging on. Man, like, <laughs> the worst part is, is that my mom is half, so, like, I want to joke, and I feel like I have some credibility. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Guys, I'm exactly. 116th Native American of the Blackfoot tribe, which originated in southern Canada, uh, above the Dakotas. Uh, so, uh, so then you're not Native American. Well, they eventually moved down to the Dakotas, North and South Dakota. So I'm both Canadian and American. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's like saying I'm, I'm original. D- I'm David. You mean you're King David? No, I'm David, son of Jeshua, son of Uzziah, son of... Like, okay. I'm just saying I'm more Canadian than either one of you. Yes. <laughs> There my, we go. Ooh, my That's ancestors were native to Canada. Oh man! All right. Where are your ancestors from, Matt? Europe. <laughs> exactly. Hail Britannia. Um. So, um. So for today, for this, for this week, we're just going to uh, interview one another, so you guys can get to know us a little better. Uh, John, my first question for you is. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite flavor of popsicle? My favorite flavor of popsicle, man. Oh man, I feel like I should be Cleveland from a family <laughs> guy and be like, "Well, that was the first time that I had had popsicle." But honestly, I gotta go with um, popsicle. I definitely gotta go with orange flavor because, like, dipped treat. I've definitely gotta go with a Dove bar. Mm, okay. I'm going to answer this question, too. Yeah, no, do it, man. My favorite popsicle flavor is also either orange or banana. But favorite, like, ice cream on a stick treat is the um, orange cream uh, sickles. Solid choice. Matt, what about you? I didn't realize there was flavors. I just, there's just colors. In Canada, they just have frozen water? No. <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, I'd refuse to be oh. the butt end of these jokes. <laughs> oh man, sorry, Matt. Okay. Uh, what other questions you got? Oh, uh, okay. We can do it that way. Yeah. Um, you your your favorite non-genre movie. My favorite non-genre. Like movie. when I say genre, I mean nerdy movies. Oh, okay, got it. Like so, it can't be Star Wars. Okay. Can't be a comic book movie. Not that I okay. think it would. I am a huge fan of The King's Speech. Oh, that's a solid choice. It's a really good movie. So, by the way, um, if you like movies and TV shows like King's Speech, these historical dramas. Check out our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you like these historical dramas, uh, you should definitely watch King's Speech, followed by Netflix's The Crown. They have nothing to do with each other production wise, but story wise, one leads right into the other. No, I mean they're about the same people. So really good. And if you like 
Queen Elizabeth and the royal family in England. And that's Colin Firth, right, in that film? I believe so. Colin Firth, he just, he kills that role. I, he, he really nails what it's like to be a stutterer. He, just, he does a lot good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie is carried mostly by his ability to convince you that he really is who, who he, whose character is. Um, yeah. What about you? Non-genre. Forrest Gump. Not only is it my favorite non-genre movie, it is my favorite movie, period. Wow. Uh, it won Best Picture the same year I was born. Um, it is the movie I listen to whenever I need some comfort in my life. I was having a real down day the other day, and I turned on Forrest Gump, and automatically there's a sense of nostalgia and comfort. And then I watched Waterboy immediately following that, because they're similar enough. That was... If you've seen... Okay. It's a really insensitive joke, and I wasn't going to take it further than that. I mean, you you took it as far as... You should you have just gone all the way with it. Like I, <laughs> They're both about mentally impaired... Football players? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway. Uh, John, do you have any questions for me? We can trade jabs. No, I, I don't actually have any questions <laughs> don't for have you. have any questions for me. Yeah. See, I surprised you there. I did. Hey, where are you guys from? Oh, that's a good question, John. Okay. Tennessee. John, no, John. John, that's a good question that Matt asked. Matt's asking on my behalf. It's fine. Um. We can tell them where we're from, and then we'll actually explain the name of this podcast if you don't know why it's called what it is. Yeah, um, I'm from Akron, Ohio. More specifically. Where are you from more specifically than Akron? Talmadge? I mean Talmadge, but I wasn't going to give that one away. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to be like, it's Akron, man. But, you know, whatever. You went to the same high school as LeBron? <laughs> I did not go to the same high school as LeBron. I wish. What about you? I am from uh, St. Clairsville, Ohio. Uh, it's as far north as you can go without leaving Southern Ohio. Before you're into Northern Ohio, I think. It's near the northern panhandle of West Virginia. I grew up with people saying the word yins like they were from Pittsburgh. Goodness. Uh, have a nice mixture of people that are Steelers fans and Browns fans and a few, even a few Bengals fans. Man, no, you... Northeast, man, you gotta like. I am not a huge Browns fan, but you gotta at least stand behind them. No, like I'm a huge Indians fan. Like, You're a huge original try. Browns fan. I am a huge original Browns fan. Thank you for that. For those of you that don't know, I'm referring to the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Read oh, yeah. Wikipedia if you want more on that. Yep. No, find that story, or you could watch the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. Yet, <laughs> our our sponsor Wikipedia. Yep. Man. No, I. Hey, Matt, should I be hearing you in my headphones? No. Okay, good. I was really worried. Wow, that was. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's Matt. Where are you from? I'm from, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you do love progressive field though, so that's that's a. Plus. Never been there, but I love it. Yeah. No. I. I've we've heard, talked about I've this. Heard good length. things. Yeah. Uh, we're Carnegie gonna go. We're gonna go sometime. Yep. It's the corner of Carnegie and. Uh, um, I'm from Brampton, Ontario. Brampton, Ontario. Also known as Bramaladesh. Is it really? It really is. Bramladesh. Why is it called Bramaladesh? You can use your imagination on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
It's just a very weird. It's a, uh, it's a multicultural city. Oh. Haven. Call it a haven. <laughs> the entire country of oh, Can- Canada is a haven. If um, if I'm asked about it. Matt, we should actually introduce you. You're a Canadian uh, perspective correspondent. So every time that we get cute music. Oh, that was great. But anytime that um, we need an alternate perspective, we're going to you because we will eventually disagree on particulate things. For example, the Browns and the Steelers. Like, eventually we're going to get to All I got to say is Saskatchewan Rough Riders for life. Oh, please. All right. All right. Calgary. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what their name is? Are they the Tiger Cats? No, that's, that's Hamilton. Brent. That's Hamilton. Gotta stand behind those Argonauts. Calgary's oh. That's Toronto, eh? Calgary Stampeders. Calgary Stampeders. Stampeders. You know what? Here's where I got confused. I watched a CFL game, and it was Calgary and Hampton. Hamilton. 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 Whatever. I'm... All right. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> O-H. I-O. There we go. Which brings me <laughs> to uh, the Just name... Just lost the other half of your listeners. <laughs> Bye, Michiganders. We'll miss you. Four people and a cat. Um, For people that don't like being reminded that like they lose, you know, like that's the worst part. Yeah, like Ohio State would be like, "All right, we lost one. It's fine." Like people, people trying to talk trash. It's college football season. As soon as like first game of the season starts, oh, Dustin, uh, Harbaugh's coming after the Buckeyes this year. I'm like, win a game and then we'll talk. Yeah, no, like it's uh, all right. We could talk about that for an hour. We need another podcast just about the Buckeyes. Oh man, all right. Um, so this the, our name of the uh, the name of the podcast is Ohio's very own, and that's because what was the original name? Did we have an original name? No, it was nope. Okay. This has been we were it. trying to come up with a name, and Matt's like OVOs will play on a Drake thing. It's like, huh? Wow, I'm, I don't listen to Drake, but okay. And we just lost the rest of our audience. <laughs> wow, meow. <laughs> Mom, you still there? <laughs> nope. Okay. Um. But OVO, standing for Ohio's very own, because John and I are from the great Buckeye State. The greatest state. Home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Home of the Football Hall of Fame. Home of Cedar Point. All you're describing is Northeast Ohio things. So, like, I, I, what are you contributing to this grudge match? Mm. <laughs> Columbus. You can take Columbus. It's like it's, two it's hours central. away. central. Yeah, but, like... Home take... of uh, Ohio's coal industry... I don't awesome. Um, the West Virginian immigrants, those not immigrants. Those blue jackets, immigrants. though. What? Those blue jackets, man. Oh, oh man. Jamboree in the Hills, the Super Bowl of country music, uh, wow. takes place just a few miles down the road from my high school. Oh man! All right. Jamboree in the Hills. All right. I hate country music. You are fake news. You 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 are fake news. Fake news. Fake news. So every uh, every episode, we will bring you a news article uh, from a familiar um, news source, very reliable news source like The Onion or Babylon Bee or some other similar satire news sites. And we will discuss the news article 
as if it were real news. And the scary thing here is some of these articles, um, while satire, aren't entirely fake. <laughs> Which brings me to our first article from The Onion. Uh, report. Country that might shut down because President wants big wall somehow considered best in the world. <laughs> Man. Onion, I see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to be funny and satirical, but you're not wrong. It worked. It's disappointing. We, we, we're experiencing this weird trend in our country where fake news is starting to be harder to tell the difference between it and real news. What I told you was true from a certain point of view. Thank you. Obi-Wan. Yep. That, that was the, probably the worst Obi-Wan I've ever heard. And everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But Your you know. Obi-Wan's starting to sound like you're Churchill on a higher pitch. Hmm. True. <laughs> so, uh, the gist of this article is that um, our country is putting all of its money into this really big wall that the president wants. Um, but if we do that, we won't be able to sustain the country itself. And despite this, we all think that we're real neat. We got a lot of this and a lot we of that. I think that you're real neat, so come down. I like how you put like a slow, like... It was moving, man. Mood music kind of... Yeah. I had it. I so I was actually listening to another podcast oh. uh, the other day. Um, the host of which is Australian. Are we, are we letting you do this? Like, no, advertise other podcasts. I'm not advertising. I'm not gonna say okay. which one it was. Who do it? Ask me on Twitter if we're, you want to know. We're not against advertising other podcasts. <laughs> you can listen to more than one podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right. What you got? Uh, so the host of which uh, of this podcast? He's Australian. Uh, like several of the podcasts I listen to for some reason. And he had two American guests on, and so he was asking them about the United States and everything that's going on with uh, all the racial tension and by the opposite of bipartisanship, which is just bipartisanship, and things like that. That's awesome. Uh, and they got to... Oh, I just lost the phrase. It's a phrase we learned in like history class and stuff. American exceptionalism. Exceptionalism. Thank you, John. I got you. And how it's really stupid because we think that we're the greatest country alive because of all these things that we do somewhat well, but really we do none of it the best. No. Like we're 30 something if in healthcare. 37th? Is, is that what you said? I said 30-something if. Sir, I just want you on the record for having said. Somewhere between 30 and 39. Got it. If. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, right. We're not the greatest educators in the country. Yeah. Uh, we have the best military, arguably. Man, we're killing it. Firepower. That's not something I brag about. That was a play on words, but you do you. No, I, I heard you. My thought was separate from what you said. Yeah. Okay. Right. So anyway, I just think uh, American exceptionalism is really stupid because it's not really based on anything other than a thought and a 
brainwashing and a propaganda of our country's real great when it's not. Sure, it's just like every other country. I disagree. Awesome. <laughs> do, do you think other countries have like Swedish exceptional, exceptionalism? Oh, no, no, no. What I meant was I think every country... Yeah, I think every country says there's nothing special about them. So Germany's over there like more better than everybody. No, we just we do that so much better. So our next um, segment is called What We Reading, What We Gonna Read. And to be honest, I stole this from another podcast I listen to whose hosts are also Australian called The Weekly Planet. They're really funny. If you like um, talk about comic books, movies, and TV, um, you should go give them a listen. There's far less politics and far less theology involved in their podcast. What you reading? What you gonna read? So Justin, what are you reading? What am I gonna read? Yeah. No. Awesome. <laughs> what are you gonna read, Dustin? Uh, I'm currently reading, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Um, it's it's really it's it's this guy that is writing this comic. He wrote Batman from 2011 until like mid 2015, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm also reading the Injustice Two comic book, and it's really good. Um, I've been trying to so I'm really good at starting books and reading the first 50 75 pages and then not. not finishing them. So I've been trying all summer to read a book called Jesus Feminist by Sarah Bessie, who's Canadian. Hey, Matt. And uh, it's really good. Like, uh, it's it's geared towards uh, Christian women that um, don't feel like they've, like, they felt like they've been short-changed short in their congregations. Yeah. And, like, they're not living into their fullest for what God has meant them to do and things like that. Yeah. And that people, not people. Um, the culture of the church has been holding them back and things like that. Cool. And while I might not be the target demographic, she said some things and described some things that I can really relate to. Yep. Uh, and it's a really good book. Good. John, what are you reading? Man, I am reading a lot of things. Right now I'm reading Introduction to Prophets, I believe, by Paul Reddit. Um, that's a required text for school. Doesn't count. Man, it's really good, though. I would read it even if I didn't have to read it. Um... The other one is Eric Metaxas's um, biography of Bonhoeffer. That that one's really good. Oh, hey, I'm supposed to be reading that one too. Um, what am I gonna read? I have not thought that far ahead. While you think about what you're gonna read, well, I was just gonna say I started Game of Thrones finally. Oh, finally. Yeah, uh, I've tried a, a few times over the past few years to start Game of Thrones, and I just the first episode's slow and dense and. Yep. Wasn't my jam. Hmm. Uh, but here I am, about to finish season three. Okay. Yep. Um, probably what's next on the reading list is uh, The Cruciform Church. Oh. Um, so that one. Who's that by? Man, I forget now. But it's an Abilene book. Um, for those of you that don't know, we're all a part of the Church of Christ Fellowship. So when we're like, that's an Abilene book, we mean. The Church of Christ Fellowship. Yep. 
Those are oxymorons, but let me have my oxymoron. I think uh, you need to ask us permission before you put us in that category. <laughs> Man, I'll I'll sit in that category at least as a long faith tradition. Um, oh, it's by Leonard Allen. Yeah, so the Leonard Allen, the Cruciform Church. Leonard Allen. So it's a really good book. I recognize that um, name from what I hear. He was here for streaming a couple years ago. I'm excited. Oh, for it. I'm excited for this book. Let me know how it is. Yeah, it's from like 1990, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's an old book. So, uh, that has been... Matt, what are you reading? You want to share? <laughs> I'm reading textbooks. Okay, for cool. school. Yes. So, that has been our first episode of Ohio's Very Own. Uh, we thank you for listening. You, you okay, Matt? Ohio's Very Own! <laughs> we thank you for listening. They're mocking me. Um, uh, keep, uh, keep looking for our next episode. It should be up uh, about two-ish weeks from uh, when this one is posted. Uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, Ohio, or, I'm sorry, at OVO underscore podcast, and you can tweet us, tweet at us using the hashtag OVO podcast. John, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. I do indeed follow the OVO podcast. So, um, yeah, you can find me there. What's your or, handle? Um, at Jathon. 2012 and i am at dust mcmillan uh it's dustin without the in mcmillan uh matt where can people follow you um matt burrows 12 on the there twitter were 11 other ones we could have gotten john what's your snapchat <laughs> let's not talk about that uh, all right uh bye hasta mañana